Okay, hi, welcome to Fantasy Book of the Month podcast, where we talk about books that we've read according to some kind of theme. I'm Peter Schaefer, apparently I'm this week's host, and uh, <laughs> who else is here? Katie, are you here? Sometimes. All right, that's oh, Katie. that's me! <laughs> <laughs> Rachel? I'm here in spirit. Okay, and also voice. And Nick Evangelista! That's me. Hey, quit stealing my intro. <laughs> oh, oh man, sorry. Was, that, was that Nick or Katie? I couldn't tell. Um, <laughs> no, Nick is supposed to say howdy, howdy. Howdy, howdy. Where yeah, do these rules you. come from, Katie? They develop repeated over behavior. time. <laughs> yeah, re repeated behaviors. Oh, I see. So it's become <laughs> tradition, and now we can't break it upon pain of ostracision. Ostracision yes. or that's estrogen, right. if that's where you were going to. It I is not. I was circumcision, but goodness <laughs> gracious! There's too many incision or like in, 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 in words ending in in. Incision, excision, extradition. Anyway, Sub uh, subtraction. Like <laughs> <laughs> doesn't really work that well, but okay. Division, subtraction, like the listener count for the show. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I keep the ding, ding, ding is like a, a sound of it going up. What's the anti sound? Well, we, well, I'm sorry. We would have to have listeners first. We, where is those a few? Maybe, maybe we can enter that, that dangerous, but, but attractive realm of negative listeners where everything we say gets, I don't even know how that works. Would it get like shoved into people's mouths? <laughs> that's hot oh and <laughs> that's a different podcast at that point what was that like we lose house oh no i don't like this turn of events <laughs> so this month's theme is arthurian fantasy we are talking about Arthurian fantasy. What even is that? Somebody? Anybody? Uh, I was going to oh, say... Damn it, Peter. I sent you two separate links about it. You did. You did. But our <laughs> listeners can't read those links. So talk at them, Katie. Um, Let me find was, the links. <laughs> I would say, like, Arthurian fantasy are fantasies built... Um, like, taking from Arthurian mythos, uh, such as, like, the Holy Grail, Arthur. Merlin, or um, what is what's that movie coming out soon? Uh, Gwen is a movie. The Green Knight. Um, oh yeah, the the Green Knight is one of the uh, Arthurian it, stories, isn't it? Yeah, it's like Gwen in the Green Knight. I forgot the um, Round Table Knight that fights the Green Knight. Um, Gawain or Gawain? I'm not sure. Gawain. How to it. Gawain. Yeah. It's a Gawain in the Green Knight. Um, oh. Uh, particularly that, that's what I was thinking. It could also be like modern retellings, like like uh, my favorite movie being totally sarcastic. Uh, how, um, Avalon High. Oh, I thought that's you were going to say... Yeah. What the fuck is it called? The thing I we did for the other thing. What, Gargoyles? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> no! That I was mean, also yeah, Ar Arthur's it has King Arthur and, and Ab oh, uh, absolutely. It's you know it would be remiss of us to to talk about Arthurian fantasy and not mention Gargoyles, the classic 1994 cartoon, 
Um, no, no, no. The classic 1994 Saturday morning cartoon. Thank you. Thank you, Katie. I knew I was missing thing. something. Yeah, yeah, I tried and and my <laughs> my fragile, feeble memory failed me. Um, but uh, yeah, King Arthur shows up in that returned from his slumber or whatever uh, too early, I think. And he ends up wandering the world, the world of 1994 five or six whatever year it is at that point to to experience it before yeah. being the returned king or whatnot um they also have like avalon itself as a world which is um i've read a different folklore well and avalon itself is that is that an inherent part of the arthurian mist i actually don't know i don't um, either I think or, it is. I, I do because, think it is. Okay. Because I've read it in separate different Arthurian legends. Like, um, it's in, uh, it's mentioned, it's born in the uh, Young Merlin's, or like Merlin series, which tells the. Oh, beginnings. I love that show. It was so cute. Not that one. It's a book oh. series by T.A. Barron, which is, tells the story. I don't love that one. Of um, <laughs> Merlin as he grows up and where he's from and stuff. And so it events a fictitious backstory for him. And then did that, that did that series maintain the whole Merlin ages backwards thing? No, it was. Oh, um, okay. he's, he's from a land called Finkydra. Well, he's from England and then he goes and then he's actually. But he was transported from England to Finkydra. And he's half in Kyron. Um And that take, takes a lot from Welsh folklore with like the gods being Rita Gower and Dogda. <laughs> it just has really fun names to say. Um, <laughs> Welsh. Yeah. So after it, when the land of Finkyra is lost, a new world is born, which is called the Great Tree of Avalon. And it's, um, it was born from a seed with a beating of a beating heart gross <laughs> um so, <laughs> according to wikipedia avalon literally means the isle of fruit or apple trees and is a legendary island featured in the arthurian legend it does not specify if that's where it comes from uh, That's a good point. Well, it says it. Let's see. Yeah, it, it lists the first appearance in 1136 as a reference to uh, to King Arthur. So that you know, it may well be just you know that meta, made up place for the Arthurian legend. And as noted, it showed up in the Gargoyle cartoon, so that can be another element of it. Of course, the Gargoyle cartoon made it the home of the fairies. That's um, how it was in the book I read as well. Same. Oh, yeah. 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 Is it okay. not supposed cool. to be? I have um, no idea. I don't know enough. I'm clear, <laughs> we don't clearly, know enough of I it. mean, honestly, we're clearly undereducated to be dis discussing this. I mean, that's all so, there are in every episode. I just, I just find <laughs> yes. it interesting because, like, I... I've read a decent amount of Shakespeare and I think of like a Midsummer Night's Dream where there's like the Fae and fairies being featured there. And there, mm -hmm. I, I, you almost would have thought Avalon would be mentioned, but I don't recall it. It's mm -hmm. not. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm almost kind of just like surprised to look at it as like the land of the fairies, but 
I, I feel like I would have come across that sooner, I suppose. Yeah. In, in pop culture or somewhere. The Great Tree of Avalon. Avalon is literally a tree. And there's a bunch of people living in this roots where the roots are like seven different realms. You have fire root, uh, shadow root, water root. Wow. Where, well, now it just sounds like the nine realms. Well, it, it sounds it sounds related to Yggdrasil and the yeah. Norse myth, which is yeah. kind of cool. Um, so it's in like stone root and all these uh, wood root. Where there's like wood elves, you have the shadow elves that don't really, they don't, you don't really see them in the series. Um, there's some cool, um, there's cool characters like Flamelons that can, are human-like people who can like make fire. Uh, there's the eagle folk who are um, shapeshifters who can turn into like giant eagles or like, uh, not full shapeshifters, like, but they can grow wings and take to the skies. And what what construction is this? What are you? What is this from? Uh, this is the Great Tri- Tree of Avalon trilogy, which takes place after the Merlin series by T. A. Baron. T. A. Baron, got it. Yeah, Baron is B. A. R. R. O. N. Right. Interesting. Uh, um, I really, yeah, I really yeah. like this interpretation because it's very magical and stuff like that. Like in the land of Inkyra, you get there's like uh, a dwarf. <laughs> there's a Dwarf who wants to be a giant, who claims that he's a giant. That reminds me of uh, the uh, the Chronicles of Prydain. Because yeah, in the they're... third book, I think. The... Yeah, I think the third book, they, they discover a, a giant who was a very short person who got turned into a giant. But yeah. Yeah, that's probably where it came from. There's a lot of references that I probably missed. Um, I think the author pulled in, I, as I said, I went researching, there's a lot of um, Welsh folklore with Dagda and Rita Gar, who are myths, uh, figures in the Welsh myths. There's also the Seven Treasures, mm-hmm. which are, including the cauldron, which if you go, if th- somebody throws you in the cauldron, it's like an insta-kill. <laughs> oh, that sure. sounds familiar. Yes, yeah. We're talking sounds... about Pridane. Pridane? I don't know how you're supposed to say it. Um, the pig yeah, thing. Yeah, no, it absolutely sounds like the Black Cauldron, and they're probably drew from the same myths for that. Yeah, um, and there's like the seven great travelers of Vinkyra. Um, and the second trilogy, uh, the second series is the, the Great Tree of Avalon, which follows Tamwin. And it, the first book is The Child of the Dark Prophecy, and there's this prophecy that um, a child born during the a, uh, a, the year of night where the, the sun never rose for a year will oh, uh, which is, destroy. What? Yeah, which is also inspired by a real-world event. Yeah. Um, the, I think it was the year with no summer or something like that, 1812? No, that sounds, that's probably 1816, somewhere in the early 1800s, uh, thanks to a massive volcanic eruption like basically all of europe didn't get enough sun for crops that year and it was yeah. awful yeah so the prophecy from that was there would be a child who was destined to destroy avalon and there's also the true heir of merlin destined to save avalon um mm. and they were both born during that uh year without sun <laughs> and that's what the trilogy is mostly about 
And then you have like uh, Tamwin, whose name in Flamelon means Dark Flame, because he is the son of a Flamelon and an unknown father. And what what series was this again? Say the the uh, series and the author. The it's the the Great Tree of Avalon by T. A. Barron. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, so it's it's interesting how many places. Arthur or some sort of derivative of Arthur has shown up like the the Wheel of Time series which I think capped out at 14 books I didn't make it all the way yes. to the end Yes yes it did Um but absolutely has references to King Arthur um it's intentional I mean obviously it's intentional but it's intentional in that many elements of the the world the names and things are supposed to be echoes or faint shadows of important names from uh from our world uh, including some references that are probably to the uh the you know the US and the USSR actually but um but it includes you know the you know king arthur i they might have called him artur i think they called him artur um and who you know who who conquered and united the realm and then headed off to conquer another realm and disappeared. And then the realm, the world, the continent that we're on fractured again. Um, you also and, have Tom Marillin, who is supposedly Merlin. Oh yes. Tom Marillin. Yep. You're right. Marilyn? I hadn't, I don't, I don't know. know. It's all, you know, that's what happens when we read words instead of uh, hearing them. They need like a just... phonetic pronunciation thing next to a name the first time you see it. Well, they have that in the back of some of the books. That needs yeah, to be right the there on the page. All right, no. honestly, I will look at it and it's like those groups of letters look like it's that thing. Got it. I will never pronounce it in my head. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, I'm sure there are some character names from books that I may have read three or four times. Uh, the, the full books and and i i'm pretty sure i've it's only been the third or fourth reading where i say wait a minute i put that l in the wrong place and i've been pronouncing this character's name wrong for years um welcome to my hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so i was thinking about this i think there's a spectrum of like arthurian tales you have like the really magical fun kind of um not fun, but like magical Arthurian tales. And then you have like a dark and gritty, more realistic. Maybe there's magic. Maybe there's not that I've found. Hmm. Uh, so what like, you're saying is we need to make this a yearly theme. I'm not saying that. And I, if Rachel is saying that, I'm undermining it with my mouth right now. No. <laughs> um, no, I just, there's the Warlord Chronicles by... Bernard uh, Cornwell. I think that's Cron Cromwell? Cron Cornwell. Cornwell, isn't it? Because it's Yeah, because it goes before Patricia. Yeah. <laughs> um, I shelve a lot of books at work. Mm -hmm. Just accept it. Yeah. He wrote a more historical version of Arthur where he is a Britain warlord fighting against the Saxons. Uh, what I really like about that book is you're not hearing from Arthur's perspective. You're hearing from his soon-to-be right-hand man, where you follow him from childhood to his death uh, in the th series of three books, but you never get Arthur's perspective. You always get his how his friend sees him through his life. 
Mm. It uh, reminds me of uh, John Updike wrote uh, a take on Hamlet, effectively, uh, that that focused on on the the older generation and uh, and treated it more you know, contemporaneous with, with the era where things were written, like this is what it would have been like rather than Shakespeare's dramatization. Um, but yeah, so kind of throwing, throwing this mythology into the real. Yeah. Um, with the Bernard Cor Cornwell st stuff, uh, he has a very hints of magic. There's like dru druidic magic and the cauldron appears again. Um, but we don't know if it's actually real uh, or coincidence, really. Well, and then what do we, I mean, then there are also those, those elements of uh, kind of like Arthurian related fantasy, like stuff that picks up the themes um, because the, like the theme of Arthur of King Arthur is this, uh, you know, righteous and pure king who rises to power, who is, uh, you know, nearly unbeatable in in war, who has the 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 power of rightness behind him, and gathers all these pure idealistic people to him, and forms a a pure shining you know city on the hill kind of thing that is all brought down by by the slight sickness by by being just out of true it's just not quite flawless and so it all slides uh off and everything crashes down and falls into ruin um like have we seen that kind of theme in fiction other places i've seen people call it the the, the kind of the fisher king sort of thing where where the 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 health and the righteousness of the ruler is tied to the health of the land but that's not like quite the same thing as the arthurian uh theme because because it lacks that necessary innocent purity of the ruler and and the sort of uh, inevitable decline and fall of of his society like so do we like does that count is that arthurian enough for our what's the word for our I test like i don't know i feel like that's a bit out of scope for this one it's it's too it's a little bit too vague you think yeah cuz i haven't seen well i think it's too specific in a trope because i haven't seen that really i've seen like um power of friendship a lot um mm. i feel I, like a story like that would almost certainly make other allusions to um arthurian fantasy as well like the story of king arthur mm. and I, I yeah that does seem um i'm not sure i can't think of any examples like that do you have any in mind though peter no because and that's the kind of the <laughs> curious thing because i like you know i if i if we talked about it a little bit i'm sure i could find you know Fishing, Fisher King analogies. Um, there's one at the tip of my brain, but um, but the Arthurian, you know, theme of of 
purity, but but being doomed is not one that I see a lot, possibly because modern fantasy usually doesn't embrace the tragic to the same degree that older stories did. What do you think about that? No. that? That feels like an assertive statement. I want some kind right. of argument here. Yeah, t- say yeah, no, I Rachel. Like, <laughs> I was like, there's a lot more. It's less... Uh, you got you've never read the Robin Hobbs, so that's that's why Robin Hobbs' whole thing is like tragedy. Like uh, one of the main characters, fit uh, never gets. He has a lot of children, but he can never. He and he wants to be a father, but he can never be a father due to his own choices and duty and things like that, which I feel is very tragic. I feel like just in general, like our modern society kind of doesn't lean into tragedy as like a. Like, the way that um, theater has, like, comedies and tragedies, like, I I feel like we don't view things in that way anymore. I don't don't think modern storytelling does as much. Or, rather, I think it can, but I think it definitely leans towards the victorious rather than the tragic. But it sounds like Rachel may still disagree. Please. Well, they're they're still out there, for sure. I just don't think it's, like, the main... No, I think they're they think they're underrepresented, so to speak. I think I read a lot of grimdark, so that's where my uh, like mm-hmm. tragedy comes from. Mm. Um, uh, like uh, I read the first Law trilogy, which is ends in kind of melancholy because, like, even though I didn't like that trilogy as much as, as I wanted to, um, but like one of the characters I really liked, he was victorious, but he got cancer at the end. <laughs> Um, uh, I can't think of any much examples right now, but like most of Grimdark is very melancholic in feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I also feel that in um our modern like pop culture, like TV or maybe maybe not so much with books. I think books do tend to lean a little bit more into tragedy than like the other mediums like TV and film, but. Even when we have like serious works, like serious drama, like at the end of the day, the ending tends to at least be on a bit of a higher note, I guess. And so I don't know. But I think Grimdark is probably one of the, I guess, better successors to that style of storytelling. Yeah, my definition of grimdark is more like the gritty, the gritty right. fantasy. Although um, it's more of a mood, right? Like than a. Yeah, it doesn't. I I'm still calling it grimdark. Um, kind of, or you follow a villain, really, which mm-hmm. I've have been, or like the character is more, the main character is more unlikable and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're now we're talking about Arthurian legend. Let's go back to that. <laughs> Um, sure. Yeah, I mean, does anybody want to, do we want to dive into what we read? And see if we sure, can Sure, but I don't want to go, I don't want to go first. <laughs> I'll go first. Okay. Before I forget what I read. Do Uh-oh. it, Katie, do it, do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I read Half Sick of Shadows by Laura Sebastian. Um... This book came out this year, 
So you can throw that on your bingo cards. For a 2021 release. Yes. Um, is, it a, is it a debut? No. Uh, I don't. No. No, it's not. Um, but it... I'm going to just read where I could put it on my mm-hmm. bingo sheet. A selection from the A to Z genre guide. Found family, first person POV. New to you author. That was just for me, though, most likely. Um, published in 2021. Forest setting, not hard mode. Witches and title of, no, blank of blank. It can go in a lot of spots. Okay, so I'm sure you guys have guessed, but this is an Arthurian retelling. Um, and it's about Lady Elaine of Shallot. I don't have you guys ever heard of her. Apparently, she's like an actual no. figure. No, must be more uh, obscure me. one. Me neither. I but I guess. The- I think she's the mother of Merlin in the Merlin series that I talked about earlier. The name the Lady of Shallot. This rings a vague bell, but I really I don't think I know. Someone some famously poet in the eighteen hundreds really liked her and wrote a whole thing about her. I don't remember who, but I can find out, I'm sure. Anyway, um so Probably Tennyson. That sounds about right. I think that's right. Um, so I really liked this book. It was kind of confusing at first because we start with Lady Elaine and she she's, you know, but a child at this point. And she, it turns out that she is a, a seer. She can, like, see prophecies and stuff. And so Morgana, like, meets her as a child and then she brings her to Avalon with her so that she can like learn to use her magic and not be killed because that's magic is not okay guys only bad people only bad people have magic and you can get killed for it anyway um so that's like the found family part because on the island of Avalon is Morgana Arthur, because I guess he was raised there, um, and Lancelot, and also Guinevere was there. I don't know, like, if that's a normal thing. So, this book is pretty much only from Elaine's point of view, and it jumps ahead every once in a while to a possible future, and every single possible future that she, like, puts in there is really sad and dark, hmm. like what we were talking about, um, you know, because it, it has, like, the different variations of the Arthur mythos where, like, you know, Morgana betrays him, he betrays Morgana, um, all these different possible things that have been in other retellings. Mm-hmm. So that, that was kind of a nice nod to the other things that have been done. Um and that kind of brings me to the end of the book, where, like, the last 50 pages, I had no idea what the fuck was going to happen, because uh-huh. there were so many things that could happen, and I was like, what is going on? I don't understand what is happening. So, I mean, 
Was that you know, a good feeling? Yes. I hated okay, it, but I loved it. <laughs> okay. So that was a good tension, it sounds like. Yes. And it was just like, you know, you're coming up on the last few chapters, which are very short chapters, which was kind of nice because you, you know, a nice self accomplishment feeling reading yeah. 50 chapters. Anyway, um, <laughs> so then it was like, I don't know. It was really nice because they're just kids for quite a bit of the book because it, it's about their their time on Avalon and then after Uther dies, spoiler, um, then yeah. Arthur has to go and claim the throne, but his bastard brother Mordred, because Mordred is his half-brother in this telling, mm. He's trying to claim the throne and all those different possible futures keep popping up. Like, you know, who knows what's going to happen? Who the fuck knows? I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> anyway, um, it was very good. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Um, Y'all got any questions? I really didn't talk much about it, but no, it's I mean good. you don't want to. You don't want to. <laughs> obviously, you don't want to spoil the last fifty pages, which held you in such suspense. And I, yes, I think that's oh a pretty gosh. good recommendation right there. So I, I, right? I mean, you you enjoyed it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was so. good, and I really liked how Arthur was just a person. Like every time he sees Gwen, he blushes and. Hmm. Gwen is kind of a she's kind of a bitch at times, which was kind of nice too, because she's not just like prim and perfect. Oh yeah, there's a lot of like extra magic stuff. Fun fact. Look into it in the book. Fun, fun, <laughs> fun stuff. Um, pro tip. Yes, pro tip. There is extra magic. <laughs> you gotta read for the extra magic juice. Yes, extra magic. Read it. It is really good. I forgot where I was going with this, but I liked what's it. The, what's the title then? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Half Sick of Shadows. Like, I don't really understand the title, but that's fine. It's not for me to understand. I didn't make it. So. By Laura but, Sebastian. By Laura yeah. Sebastian. Uh, I'll go next. If you uh, dare. I read read uh, Taliesin by Stephen Lawhead. Um, it was not my favorite Arthurian retelling. It's not even Arthurian retelling in the first book because I'm assuming it will get to Arthur at some point, considering the series is called the Pen Dragon Cycle. But the first book doesn't. It, it feels like it's like a prologue to things. Apparently, I can see where it meets up. Is it kind but, of like that other? One that you read where it's just setting things up, um, the city we became. Does it kind of have that? Yeah. Um, uh, like, there's a character that's born in the very end that plays a very important character, or like in the Arthur Mythos. Spoiler or not, it's not Arthur. Um, <laughs> but this one follows the princess of a an Atlantean king. Um, and Taliesin, who is 
or a, a very famous bard in the Silent setting. I don't know if he's an actual bard in the Arthur mythos. I've never heard of him before. Um, so that's not on me for not researching more, but tired. Um, we, none of us have researched, Rachel. Did you hear our intro thing? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was just <really> talking. <laughs> um... My problem with the book is it told more than it showed. At one point, we have this great uh, betrayal scene uh, where some main character's mother gets killed, and then we cut seven years later. And oh. uh, I was like, I want to know what happens in those seven years where she becomes a bull dancing dancing priestess. She be- all- she becomes a what? A bull dancing priestess priestess. Okay. Sounds legit. I'm intrigued. It's, it's basically like... <laughs> I know what my seven-year plan is now. It's, it's kind of like being a matador without killing the bull. You jump on the bull, a very angry bull, and like flip around it. Because that sounds fun. I'm in. Um, All right. And it's part of their religion and things like that. But I wanted to see like what happened. And apparently somebody important betrayed them. And I was like, I didn't know this until now. Could you just like said that when the person got killed or if you did can you make it more prevalent? Prob- uh, because <laughs> it sparked this giant war that it- also the main character's dad hates her yeah, okay it's kind of important to know i mean did they not say it because they expected everyone to know the arthurian fantasy basis of it or this is atlantis atlantis oh yeah yeah uh- and then Alanis gets destroyed and she moves to England. Um, mm, as you do. As you do. <laughs> yeah. High five. Yeah. Um, Wait, how did I... you guys do that? Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> they were actually there was in a part of me house. that heard you. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there was a lot of like things that happened and I wanted to know other things that happened in between. It's like, oh, now we're married. Oh, uh, I'm pregnant now. Uh, okay. Hey, congrats. Baby's born, book ends. Man. Sounds like Dune. <laughs> <laughs> just wraps up very quickly. Well, yeah, just like uh, suddenly people are having babies and just. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'll continue with the second book, Merlin, but I might. Merlin. Uh, Merlin. Merle. Uh, yeah, it's because the writing style was just like very. I was like, I know this is like a prequel, but why is this book one? <laughs> Do I need any of this information for the future? I, mm. I don't know because it's like the pen dragon cycle. We're starting the dragon of pens. Yeah, I guess you'll have to um, read the next book to find out, Rachel. Ooh. That sounds terrible. <laughs> um, and so I would kind of recommend it. I don't know. How about you read the next book and tell us if we need to read the first one? <laughs> well, it wasn't in my library when they have literally every other book in the series. So does that tell you anything? <sighs> that wow. the second book is popular? <laughs> Two through five are more popular than book one. Oh, I sorry. The, the first book wasn't in the library. I thought I thought the second book wasn't in the library. No, um, every other book was in the library, like in like 
for like you could pick no it suggests that uh that the series is at least the first book is popular enough that people are always taking it out right no it wasn't like it, you can't oh, it's get not it. in their system at all yeah it's been stolen yeah <laughs> Um, and this would fit, fit for our, the bingo board, our sauce fantasy bingo board. It'd be a uh, backlist art, uh, backlist book hard mode, considering this book was published in 1987. Oh, nice. Um, and I, if does anyone have any other questions? Is there a revenge seeking character? Eh, no, okay, that was Black Sun. <laughs> right. That's black that was Black Sun. That was last month's book. Right, right, right. Um so that was Talison by Stephen Lawhead. It was it was alright. Eh. A ringing <laughs> endorsement. Yep. I'm I I'm so happy about books lately, aren't I? Hey, you're being honest, which is appropriate. Um Nick, you or me, what do you think? Rock, paper, uh, scissors I- for it. I'll go because you're you probably liked your book more than me. Who knows? But you go right oh, ahead. Pause. Let's pause. Okay. The buried giant. Well, that was kind of Arthurian, wasn't it? What even was that? That was uh, the first episode book I one. read. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would say so. Okay, because I remember now that we're doing this that you did that book. <laughs> Yeah. Cool. And I see a picture of the book cover and it's got like the grail on it. Yeah. That probably doesn't mean anything. No. I mean, it's just a cup. It's just, just, they're going to fight a dragon with a magic sword. It's. Okay. Usual stuff. Right. Called Y Caliber. (laughs) (laughs) Thank Um, you, Peter. Some math humor. (laughs) Well, it was alphabetic humor. Oh. Well then. Okay, sorry. Unpause. No, you're good. All right, unpause. Back. Re repause. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Unpause. Reset. Okay. Play. Power off. Welcome to Did <laughs> <laughs> not say rewind? He said reset. <laughs> I said reset. <laughs> select um, two players. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B A select start. Congratulations, you have beaten the game, Peter. No, no, I just get to start with 30 lives. Yes. Pew, 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 pew. No, they could All right. Hey, Nick, say uh, words now. I'll stop. All right. I'll say, no, you're I, I enjoy the tangents. That's good, because that's most of us. See, that was math humor. Um, ah. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't I, it. It, It's all right. We'll tell you when you're in pre-calc. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, it's geometry. Uh, you're right. Anyway, I don't I, care. Let's uh, go. <laughs> I listened to a book this month uh, called "I Guinevere" by oh. C.K. Brook. Um, it is uh, essentially one of those "the story you know isn't the real truth" kind of books. It's it's like um, Wicked, but for Guinevere. Yeah, yeah. Basically, uh, you know, Arthur never pulled the sword from the stone, but really Guinevere did. And, um... Of course, we have to cover that up, because women! Well, this is part of a series called Mythic Maidens, where this author kind of... It, it's I'm gonna be 
straight up with you, this is like young adult. And uh, it, it's basically the retelling of like famous historical myths, but like from the point of view, and I believe intended for young girls. Um, definitely not a me book that I would normally pick, but I was intrigued and couldn't think of much else to read, honestly. Um, but the story goes over, um, obviously, Guinevere pulling the sword. Um, it features pretty much all of the people we've mentioned so far. Obviously, Arthur, um, Lancelot, who we haven't mentioned really, but he's pretty ma major in this. Um, uh, Morgana, who in this is called Morgan, because she's a young girl still learning. She's actually like a Guinevere's friend. I think Morgana um, and like Morgan Le Fay are basically are interchangeable sometimes. Yeah, in this they kind of describe like uh, they say that Morgan changed her name later in life when she became the like a full fledged priestess after she was out of training. I guess is she is she jumping over bulls and stuff? No. Oh. No, unfortunately. Um, she's training under a priestess, uh, Vivian, who is like the uh, guardian of Avalon, essentially. Does, does Vivian jump on bulls? Not that we know of. Oh my god, where are I don't the bulls? <laughs> I know. That was my book. Um, uh, what is it? Was it Mor Mordred? Mor Mor uh, yeah, Mordred, Mordred, Mordred or Modred, depending on. Yeah, you know. that's Vivian's son in this story. Um, and Merlin, of course, who, uh, after Guinevere pulls the sword from the stone and discovers that she is, in fact, a Pendragon. Um, Incest. Huh? Sorry, what? No, no, no. <laughs> Arthur, no, Arthur's not a thing. He's, he's, like, just the local neighborhood bully. Oh. Oh. Yeah, Arthur is, like, not a, not a good dude, really. And um, not related to her at all. In fact, Arthur is Morgan's brother in this, um, which might be true in the original. I'm not sure. Uh, it depends. It yeah, there's theory. a lot of variations. <laughs> yeah. Um, Guinevere ends up training to use the sword with Lancelot. And they end up falling in love. Uh, Morgan, in the story loved Lancelot, and felt betrayed by her friend, even though Morgan took a vow where she could never marry, because she's a priestess. So, uh, but getting into the weeds here, I'm setting up for my complaint later, is really what's happening. I'm not actually setting up to tell you the story, I'm just setting up for my complaints. Um, this is that sort of just typical alternative telling of the same story, which I'm always kind of not super keen on, but there is a cool twist, which I kind of like, which um, is that Merlin ends up being the villain of the story. Um, the entire time they tell her that, you know, she has to like save the kingdom from the Saxons. Uh, it turns out we discover that the Saxons were a complete fabrication. They're not even real. They were created by Merlin. Um, to scare everybody into basically Merlin gaining power. Have you ever he, even actually seen a Saxon? Come on. Well, she, they do see them, but they're, they're like, they're uh, illusions. Basically. 5G. Yeah. 
Um, and this whole story is while, while um, Merlin is training Guinevere, he's actually kind of subtly um, making her feel inadequate, like she shouldn't be queen, and trying to basically convince her to give him regency um, to run the kingdom and to give him Excalibur. But if she doesn't do it willingly, the magic of Excal Excalibur will not work for him. So he has to make her do it willingly, is the idea. I like that sentence. He has to make her do it willingly. Yes. Yes. It's right. I, I, I must coerce her to do it of her own volition. Right. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's what he's doing. And, and right. you know, if, if it sounds ridiculous, I'll tell you what, that's why it doesn't work very well. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, in 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 the story, in order to like fit the the dragon into the story, so uh, so to speak, uh, Merlin shapeshifts into a serpent. Um, That's a, and... always a good shape for a for a hero. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, she actually ends up turning into a dragon somehow. I don't really they don't really explain how that works. Uh, but yeah, because she's a pen dragon. It... <laughs> Here, here, here are sort of my complaints. Um, one of them is, besides the fact that it's young adult and it's not particularly well written, um, at the end, you know, I was, the whole time I was listening, expecting, okay, we're going to find out how Arthur swooped in at the last second and somehow stole all the credit for this, right? Right. At the end, we just get, I don't know how Arthur's name got thrown in the mix there. But it did. Like, that's that's the only explanation the author gave to why it was all a lie. And I was kind of, like, hoping they would be a little more creative and, like, find a way to, like, fit that in. And back to what you were saying earlier about, like, the idea of, like, the health of the kingdom being tied to the health of the ruler, mm -hmm. right? They, they do make mention of, like, the fall of Avalon and the fall of the kingdom um, under Guinevere's rule. But they do it in a way that I really don't like, which is... That uh, Guinevere, when she is queen, finds out basically that she's barren and can't have children. And that is the reason the kingdom failed is because there was never an heir. Mm. Um, and she also claims that the reason she was barren is because her friend Morgan, she thinks, did something to her to prevent her out of jealousy. Right. Um, I don't know. I. No, that's it's kind of wrong with me. Yeah, yeah, it didn't. We can didn't do really without like the the two girls absolutely hate each other and have ruined their chances of motherhood. Well, also, and, and, and ruined the kingdom other, thereby. And the hating each other kind of came out of nowhere. They were friends, and then like we don't see Morgan for like three chapters. And this is a short book. We don't see her for like three chapters, and then suddenly she's like, "I hate you," and it's like, uh, "Sorry, okay. you stole the man that I will never have because I took a vow of custody, so you betrayed me." Right. I mean, well, no, I mean, it does sound a little bit like chastity. middle school. She took because she's a priestess, and Nixon. no, but I mean, she can't marry. But I mean, she I can't have children. She can't, you which is part of why the the, the priestess before the priestess what? that she's working under, Vivian. I told you her son is Mordred. Yeah, that priestess betrayed her oath by having Mordred, and that was like well, a big son thing. of a bitch. Yeah, yeah, son of a priestess. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I, again yeah like this was like young adult it definitely wasn't like you know so i i didn't necessarily have high expectations um it was fine to listen to for like as short as it was it was under 10 hours 
Um, but it was a little, eh. Uh, I don't know. For me personally, I don't like the retelling. It's like this yeah. person's actually the was actually better, unless it's interesting. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm I'm with you there. Generally, those retellings they're they're gonna have to do some extra work to really get me on their side. Yeah, that's you fair. Know? Like anything, it has to be done well. But I could see needing to pull a little extra weight to to really win you over on that. I was int- I'm intrigued by the idea of Merlin as the villain. I. Uh, I did really I've like actually, that. Yeah, I've, I actually have really enjoyed... I haven't read a lot of uh, Harry Potter fanfic, but I really enjoyed one that had Harry Potter like not fitting into the role of the, uh, you know, the, the automatic hero character. Um, and as time went on and he increasingly didn't fit in that role, uh, Dumbledore like grew in key increasingly agitated and and more uh evidently hostile like trying to force harry potter into that role and and i really enjoyed like that kind of twist on the character um where where he needed to make this thing happen and he was going to force it if he had to um it kind of i kind of got the same feeling from your description of merlin just now and that was fun yeah, um, it depends how, again, how the character was portrayed. If they're really shallow or, like, one-dimensional, I would tend to be like, okay, I'm bored now. Yeah, of um, course. Yeah, that's probably given, but, um, with this type of storytelling, with, like, the, oh, the blah, blah, blah character was actually the hero going into depth of, like, the more work, because it's like, okay, I can tell exactly where the story beats are gonna lie, in um, this type of alternate history type of story. And that's why I feel like it should have do extra work to make it interesting or to be subversive, even though it's, it's subversive in the fact that it exists, but it's also not subversive because it's following the same story beats. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, it sounds like, it sounds like it's trying to, you know, subvert gender expectations and gender roles. And at the same time, at the end, particularly by connecting Guinevere's legacy and the health of Avalon or Camelot, whichever they call the nation or England, whatever, um, by connecting the health to her ability to have children, uh, ends up really undermining its gender subversion there. Well, I mean, I, I don't think, yeah, it's it's partly because of the idea that, like, a pen dragon has to be able to wield the sword, and only a pen dragon can wield the sword. But at the same so, time, like, Merlin's whole plan hinged on, like, her willingly giving the sword. So, to a non-pen dragon, so clearly right. she can bestow it upon somebody. Right, so it's it, that's kind of where I'm just like, you know... But again, I, I, do kind of, I do like that they went for the fall of Avalon and the fall of uh, the Pendragon kingdom, I guess. Like, I like that they still try to fit that into the story. Mm-hmm. I just think it was poorly executed. Well, yeah. what was it again? Um, I, Guinevere by C.K. Brook. C.K. Brook. Cool. Excellent. It made me wonder a little bit. Now, since since you reminded me of Harry Potter, it made me wonder if there was any way 
that Harry Potter fit like Arthurian, not the mythos, but like the themes of it. And I don't like it. It all feels like a stretch, but like my mind danced over it. Like, you know, Dumbledore feels like a Merlin and Harry is obviously like pure of heart in an Arthurian sort of way. Well, yeah, I think you, yeah. I mean, I guess I at the end, some... like, yeah, by the end uh... of the book, um, you know, he claims the elder wand, which you could call sort of like an Excaliburian sort of thing. But again, it feels like a stretch to me. I don't, I don't feel like Harry is very pure of heart. Um, in my opinion, given like the, well, the fifth book tried to explore some of his like depression and things like that. Hmm. So wait a minute, Rachel, are you saying those with depression can't be pure of heart? It was well. I can't. No, um, it, it's just like the the pure of heart character seems very one dimensional. And ah. that I, I think. I also think uh, characters um, in older stories just were more one dimensional by necessity. I think that's yeah. I think that's probably generally true, and it's certainly true in my book, um, which. I have to admit, I didn't read all of. I'm still in the middle of it. You gave me extra time to finish it, and I just wandered it. I no, no, I I didn't squander it. If I squandered it, I'd have read none of it. Um, uh, I'm looks like I'm 127 pages in. Um, But uh, so I read. Well, when you said when we talked about reading Arthurian fantasy, I said to myself. Like how how Arthurian fantasy can I get? And I said, okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to one of the earlier, most famous, uh, you know, Arthurian writers. And this was Alfred Lord Tennyson, uh, the the poet laureate of of England in the 1800s. Um, who wrote all about a whole bunch of Arthurian stories in the Idols of the King in blank verse. Um, and, and just so you all know, like, dear listener, never let anyone tell you that your fanfic is invalid because this Idols of the King is considered you know, a classic evergreen reprinted work since, you know, the late 1800s. And it's just, it's just some guy in England who said, I really like that Arthur story that people have been talking about for the last five centuries. You know what? I'm going (laughs) to, I'm going to write my own poems telling the same story, maybe with a little twist on it. I don't know if it sounds kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I like. Um, so like how about how about some Arthurian fan fiction from the 1850s to 1870s? Is that what you want cuz that's what I got right here. Um oh, sorry. Yes. Cuz I, I recently read a book that was about the disappearance of Agatha Christie and my my entire thing is like is this this fanfic? Oh man. Well, it's so it's about Agatha Christie, not any of her characters. Yeah, it's about Agatha Christie and like the back, uh, like, I don't know if this is his true backstory, but like how she met her first husband. 
Mm, Did she murder okay. him? No, he's he oh. treated cheated on her and divorced her. Oh. That's, that's less um, exciting. That's less exciting. Okay. I'm I sorry. I would I would like I would like fan fiction of that where he where he died mysteriously. Well, um there's a movie that I like much better where the the, dis- the disappearance was explained where she was actually just solving a murder mystery that was happening. <laughs> Perfect, right? I mean, honestly, I could see why isn't there a series you know, like, uh, oh, what's the one with the the young British woman in Australia that everyone loved, where she solves mysteries? Tiger King. What? Miss Miss Fisher. Miss Fisher's Australian in Australia. Yes, Miss Fisher. She's Australian <laughs> in Australia. I'm pretty sure she's British and travels to Australia, but no, it's been a while. She's Aust- She's also okay. I'll take your word for it. I only watched like eight episodes or something, so it's been a long oh, time. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, anyway, um, right. So, why isn't there some series of Agatha Christie, you know, solving mysteries in England while she writes her novels, much like um, Murder She Wrote, but with an actual person? Why doesn't that exist? Anyway. I don't know. Anyway, you haven't made it yet, Peter. <gasps> oh my gosh! Excuse me, logging off. Boo-doo-doop. The book I read was actually much more boring than that. With with the dis- explaining her disappearance. Spoilers for the disappearance of Agatha Christie. Uh, tell me now if you actually cared about this book. Do not mm-hmm. care. Go ahead. Uh, she disappeared because when she requested her husband, right, the reason for their divorce was she that philandery. He said no, so she disappeared to bring the Flandry to light because they because she knew people would investigate the husband. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> I like the murder mystery better. <laughs> I get the Christie's a badass though. Sorry, just putting that out there. Uh, I don't know much about her. I haven't read any of her stuff, but I was going to. You should. She's the fantastic. End. She's great. I so, love Peter. Uh, ooh, ooh. I'm going to my. I see my misunderstanding now. Miss Fisher was born in Australia, but then her family had a state in England, and she spent a lot of time on the continent. Yeah. Um, I believe... And then went back to Australia. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, that's... That's not my, I don't care. Um, the interesting thing, so, I mean, as noted, I haven't finished The Idols of the King, so it's not like, um, I can't give you a full picture. But the interesting thing from what I've gotten so far is that um, Tennyson assumes that every reader knows the stories. Um, that, that, anyone picking up his poems about about king arthur and about um uh you know gawain or he does in fact have uh, a poem called uh, lancelot and elaine so that's probably where that came from or one of the places um yeah. and uh but uh he assumes that everybody knows 
the you know the tragedy of Camelot and and King Arthur's general rise and uh, betrayal or doom and fall, and um, and so you know makes comment to that or of it in the poems where like he's talking about the way Arthur you know came to power and and uh, you know and you know inherit or took on the 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 crown and and how people didn't agree with him and all this stuff or people doubted that he was really the king but then he you know went ahead and and you know through his great uh honor and knightliness or whatever you know managed to claim power and was be and and to be crowned and um you know and how great that was even though everything would collapse under him you know before too long um like so it's just like i find it i found it interesting that that was the attitude that that tennyson was writing into that everybody knew where the story was going um and in fact and 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 not that he wasn't just you know expecting them to know what was on the last page he was referencing it throughout the work to I guess, like to make the the victories a little more poignant, maybe. I mean, I can't speak to his intention, I suppose. Um, but uh, you know, like you, he doesn't let you forget that that there are flaws that will bring this this glorious chivalrous uh, construction down to the ground in the end. And I found that interesting. I feel like if I read this, it'd be like me reading a fanfic that I didn't know that the source. I mean, I mean, you have to understand again that it's in blank verse, which is I'm about to tell you because I wouldn't have known what it meant either, um, which is non rhyming uh, iambic pentameter generally. Oh, Um, I wouldn't. Poetry, poetry doesn't vibe with me yet. It usually doesn't with me either. Like it takes a little digestion. Like, um, and Gareth overthrew him, lighted, drew, then uh, there met him drawn and overthrew him again. But up like fire, he started. And as oft as Gareth brought him groveling on his knees, so many a time he vaulted up again. Anyway. My brain is hurt. Your brain is hurt. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I don't think that would agree with my dyslexia. It it well might not. <laughs> Apologies, I keep interrupting you. Nonsense. What is this if not a conversation? The conversation is not indicative of interruption. Oh, you've never talked with my wife. No, I don't know your wife. <laughs> and that's I'm not, sure that's, she's a wonderful lady. <laughs> she is a wonderful lady who expects people to just jump in when they have thoughts. It's just, it was, it's a, it's a manner of conversation that I didn't grow up with. And I've had to, uh, uh, figure out how to interface with, and it's been a lovely 15 years. (laughs) 15 years. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, do you love feeling old? Oh boy. No, (laughs) I mean, I mean, sarcasm is great and all, but nope, I don't. I don't love that. I mean, my birthday's in a few days. So you babies, you're all babies. I'll be the same age as Nick. You're well, all babies. You are all babies. It's true. 
That's right. You Kate. too, Katie. Baby Bullshit. Katie. Bullshit. I've been with my husband for eight years now. You tell me I'm a baby. I did. I just did. You're a baby, <laughs> baby. Stop it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure having child equals age, uh, increase age by 10. It does. It really, really does. I'm basically an old lady now. Oh my gosh, you guys, it's almost 8.30. It's time for bed. Yeah, it's not oh no. <laughs> I mean, look, as long as Dan's not here, I can just say, hey, you're all babies. And I'm going to keep saying it, you babies. Anyway, so that was the ideals of the king. I don't like this Peter. <laughs> He's, this version of Peter is mean. Okay, well, hold on. Let's um, Let's pause and then reset. And hi, I'm Peter. This is the Peter Complains Hour, but not about babies. We don't talk about that here. Um, this was Idols of the King by Alfred, Lord Tennyson, written from the 1850s to 1870s or thereabouts. Um, and again, this should be a reminder to everybody that your fanfic is valid. Is Lord his middle name or is he Alfred, Lord of Tennyson? He is Alfred, comma, Lord Tennyson. I believe his full name was Alfred Tennyson. Um, but, uh, Fabulous. Oh. You can show me later. <laughs> Kid equals plus 10 years. That's right. It certainly <laughs> makes you age faster. Um, he was Alfred Tennyson, but he was also Baron Tennyson. Uh, and that being a separate thing. So he, like, he is referred to as Alfred Lord Tennyson. There's a comma in there. Yeah. Um, I think that would mean, I think nobles in that day took the name of their land as their last name. So they became, the, uh, that'd be, he's Alfred Tennyson because he is Lord of Tennyson. That might be so. It looks like, uh, no, no, his, his father's name was also Tennyson. Because he was also Lord of the Tennyson. No, awesome. Alfred was the first Baron Tennyson. Okay. I'll be down in a minute, okay? Jesus Christ. He's trying to show me his damn monster trucks. Oh, I've man. Monster. <laughs> I bought them for you, kid. Um, <laughs> yeah, I suspect he was granted a baroncy. Um, for his Because, he, you know, yeah, for, his, for being all poetical and shit. Wasn't he um, friends with Mary Shelley? Was that later? I don't know. I uh, that might have been um, Byron. Might be thinking that, of Byron. It is Byron. Uh, I know he's friends with Byron, but I knew there's others that were in that group of you know, right, starving in that, artists. In that group and era, yeah. The starving artists that weren't actually that starving. Damn rich people. Yeah. yeah. Let's see. Byron, uh, your your fanfic is valid unless it has incest in it. <laughs> Well, what? Huh. That's that. I mean, I. Hmm. I found well, some I'm really just... weird fanfic that it was really taboo. And I was like, nope. I don't want to that. endorse. Was know... it about supernatural? No, it was about um, Fire Emblem. Oh. Huh. Interesting. Interesting Just choice. J JRPG. It's weird. Uh, anyways, sorry. I know there's the supernatural really... fandom. Who, buddy? They got oh yeah, kinda... there's. A... I know there's a lot of incest in that too. 
Sorry, I apologize. This is a weird turn. No, no, yeah, let's cool. keep turning. <laughs> <laughs> turning, turning. Anyway, uh, so yeah, you know, that's that's a thing. That Did anyone enjoy our book? Katie, you enjoyed your book. I enjoyed my book. Cool. 10 out of 10, recommend. 100%. And you guess what, you guys? Very shortly, you'll be able to find it on griffinsroost.com. It's a good place to get all of your books. Yeah, which I'm kind of... We can... Nick, what? you're so sweet. What? Never mind. Uh, that, must, that must have been a different guy. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh-huh, no, uh-huh. Uh, I don't know who that you, guy is. If was. you feel so inclined, you can find Griffin's Roost on Librio.fm and make it your local bookstore. That's very true. And, but it, it'll get creepy because Katie will know every book you buy now. Every book. Katie knows all my books that I buy from Librio.fm. Luckily, <laughs> Katie and Griffin's Roost accept photos of your bookshelves as legal tender. Do we yes. though? I don't think I, so. We I like. I just cash. said so. I just nope. said so. So it Peter must be is true. not in charge of the books. <laughs> but uh, are you, am I books. a liar? Are you calling me a liar, madam? I'm calling you a fabricator and a Ooh. fiction writer. I like both of those. <laughs> I, I'm in. <laughs> Can I take us on a brief I, tangent, please? Sure. More math. Yes. Uh, um. <laughs> A while back on TooManyThoughtsMedia.com, where all these podcasts are hosted, um, we had a uh, like an Amazon affiliate link where like whatever you buy on Amazon, it would give us like a percentage. We were trying that out for a while, and uh, we a, uh, this was a very long time ago. How'd that um, work out for you? Not well, um, but we did have one listener to uh, our show, Two Cents Radio, go on and buy a dildo using our affiliate link and they did not know that we <laughs> saw oh, what no. they bought. Oh no, was it a big one? Uh it was well it turns out it was like a joke. Like they were getting it for like uh their friend as like a bachelor party thing, I think. Like to make fun of them. I mean, like it was... I mean that's what they told you. Right. That's what they told us and I'm I'm inclined to believe them, but uh I don't know. <laughs> it was really funny. So beware so if... what you if, beware what you buy on affiliate links. Right, right. That's it. all. Mm-hmm. Or you know, uh, or just lean into it. That's right. On that note, you can yeah, you can go get that fifty-gallon drum of lube or whatever you can find on uh, on Amazon. Um. Yes, and on that note, we should end the podcast. Why? <laughs> because I just has, I don't I want to be here forever. We're Nick just getting started. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, no, Nick Nick can't leave. His family has to come onto the podcast with him when they arrive. Oh goodness. Not more children. We already have the child mascot mascot. That's right, we do. <laughs> That's my child. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well then thank you for listening to yet another episode of Fantasy Book of the Month where we talked about Arthurian fantasy inspired books or fan fiction in my case. I've been Peter Schaefer, your host of the month, and uh, you can follow me at Shoeless Pete on Twitter or check out my games at shoelesspetegames.com. And with me remain Katie. That's me. You can find me on Twitter at ShimmyBook, where I tweet if I remember I have it, which lately I've forgotten again. Um, And you can check out my bookstore 
griffinsroost.com. Um, I have books. You have the story graph. That's a good thing for a bookstore have to have. Graph. Yes, and follow us on the story graph. Ah. How, how I think I'm happen? simply shark on there. I don't know. Uh, and Rachel, what? Yes. Huh? I was going to say, we also have the challenge if you want to keep up with all of our current themes. Yeah, that's always fun. Oh, man. Yeah, Peter, I, get on the story graph. I'm, I don't want to. I have enough things that I'm signed up for. Okay. But this is a fun thing. Oh, oh, well, you're right. My other things aren't fun, though. Okay, I'm in. Uh, Rachel, <laughs> tell us things about you. Hi, I'm Rachel. You can find me at Argentarab on most things. I will probably not tweet because I'm scared of the internet. Um, it is terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yep, yeah, because I have opinions and I don't want to share those opinions, so I'll be, keep them quietly. Uh, and you can follow me at the Storygraph as well, and that's about it. Oh, uh, I also have another podcast, uh, Homebrew Kitchen. Sometimes we post. Most of the times we don't. Uh, you can find uh, these lovely people on there guest starring as well. And can you imagine uh -huh. if most of the time you did? Most of the right? time you like, were posting? Yeah, 51% of the time there was a new post. I, I, was just, I said most of the time we don't post. <laughs> I know. I'm just imagining what that would be like if you did. You're I mean, right. <laughs> we'd be scared. We would be very Booter's tired. Hole Part One, Booter's Hole Part Two, <laughs> Booter's Hole Part Three. I'm did you, just did you, did you listen Hole. to Booter's Hole, Katie? <laughs> no, but I'm going to after this. Well, it's, it was fun. I enjoyed doing it and I enjoyed listening to it also. Um, I enjoy the title of it. Thank you. It, I came up with it. Yeah, <laughs> everyone else in that group is indecisive. <laughs> Um, whereas I am unafraid to open my mouth and let sewage spew forth. Um, Nick, tell us how to you. I'm how to here. You. I am me. Uh, you can find other shows and podcasts and uh, nonsense on too many thoughts, media.com. Sounds good. And you can email us if you want to at, uh, uh, too many thoughts, media at gmail.com. Is that you nailed it? Oh, Smith, yes. I'm so cool. Join so our Discord. Um, I don't know how to, them to do that, though. Uh, on the website, you can find a link to join the Discord. We have uh, ah. separate channels for every show, and we have a healthy, uh, nearly 80, 70, 80 people in that Discord. So we have a fun time. Very so, cool. Please, yeah, join us there if you want to interact with us directly. And send us pictures you, of your bookshelves, you etc. Yes, that. If you want to make Katie happy, send photos of your bookshelves. She will just Katie happy, do guys. a little giggle and smile until her face like escapes Earth's awesome. gravity. What? No, don't send bookshelves if that's going to happen. But it'll come back. Terrifying. It, it, that it, sounds it will terrifying. Well, then send bookshelves and terrify Katie. Yep, and she'll secretly judge all your books. I will. It's not going to be a secret. No. All right. Uh, We've talked enough, and uh, we all have things to do, maybe. Like um, At least I assume that people trucks. have things to do. Yeah, like looking at monster trucks. So thank you all for joining us, and until next time, please keep reading. <laughs>